Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, 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 here we are. Thank you for being here in person in the craziness that we are calling 2020. Um, in the midst of it, it, it's just great, man. The family of God is a beautiful place. You know, I say it a lot, but it bears repeating. Psalm 122 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I am encouraging you in this season that you let that be a continual cry in your life. Okay? Let it be a cry in your life continually. For all our family, you guys who are online, who need to be there for, 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 for taking care of your health and protecting everything that's going on, I'm just declaring over all of us, if you're there online or if you're here in person, whatever that is, it is a holy time. It's a holy time. It's not a checkbox, man, to get salvation. It, it, it's the fact that we are saved and therefore we do certain things because we are saved. Because we've been grafted into him, there's an expression that we live out. And so I encourage you, this is not just your little window here on Sundays because, you know, we're in America and that's what we do. (laughs) It is a holy moment. And so, man, all these times and opportunities we have, man, our kid, you know, I see people's kids running up, give me a hug. I turn around just a second ago, my baby girl was grabbing my leg and I was like, oh, priceless, I love this. But then some of your kids are running up, grabbing my leg, giving me a hug. All of it, it's not just, oh, isn't that cute? We like each other. Understand all of it is the gathering of God's people. I'm telling you, man, don't let culture and don't let the enemy diminish that which is holy. I'm telling you right now, don't let them diminish what's holy. Because see, the enemy will tell you, oh, it's just cultural and they have some friends there. Oh, that's just what they like to do. It's their habit on Sunday. No, 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 no. It is the holy gathering of God's people. And it is a sweet and a beautiful time. I'm telling you. And if you ever get weary, if you ever get tired of any of us, okay, let's be real, we're people. Sometimes I'm like, I'm tired of you and you're tired of me. And we're like, okay. Just like in family, sometimes it happens. Remind yourself of the good things. Remind yourself of the good things. You know, this is a a total bonus now. Oh, there's extra time on the clock too? Oh, that's awesome. How do we manage that? Wow, that's great. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and take it then. It's there. <laughs> Said every preacher ever. There's <laughs> extra time on the clock. Wow. Don't adjust it, I'll take it. Um, something that me and my wife do on occasion is, is, you know, on a Sunday night or something, we'll just kind of, as we're laying there in bed, we'll just we'll reminisce, okay? I can get a little sappy sometimes, not gonna lie to you. I can be a sappy guy at times. But we reminisce and we think back over our history. And one of the things I love about that is we always come around and say, man, hasn't God been good? Hasn't God been faithful? Sometimes you need to just take out the book and look at it and say, wow, this is pretty cool what God's accomplished. This is pretty amazing what he's done. Faithful through every season. Sometimes I didn't see it. Sometimes I didn't feel it, but God was doing a thing. But don't ever let ungratefulness become a thing for you. God, it's easy. It's so easy to let ungratefulness come in, but man, if you ever find yourself in ungratefulness, stop, close it down, and let's, let's begin with, with what can I be thankful for? 
We're reminded in the word, if there's any good thing, if there's anything praiseworthy, anything that's of a good report, think on these things. Think on these things. So I encourage you with that, okay? I'm not even gonna charge you any extra for that. Free, bless you. Be encouraged, be encouraged today. All right, well, we're gonna continue in our series, Disarming Doubt, and uh, have the privilege of following my uh, compadres, Pastor Hector, who lit it up. Go ahead and give it up for my man, Pastor Hector. Yup, slow clap, uh-huh, yeah. The Dominican sensation. <laughs> who took us through talking about rest, the fact that we get to recognize, endure, speak, and trust. And out of Mark 9, 24, the fact that that father who was just in that place of turmoil when his son was being tormented said, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. And that beautiful reminder. And then we got to follow Pastor Ron the second week. Pastor Ron, my man. My man right there, Pastor Ron. Give it up for Pastor Ron. Took us into Psalm 27, 13. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Talked about worship. That's why what we did just a moment ago was more than just form and ritual. It was us recognizing and declaring that in the midst of what we walk through, if we will worship, even as doubts try to come against us, even as uncertainty tries to come up in our lives, if we'll lift our hands and worship. And here's the thing. If I could have ran up on stage and tag team with Pastor Ron, which we're actually going to get to do next weekend, me, PR, and Pastor Hector are going to tag team next weekend. I would say this. Always remember when you hear the word worship, which we're going to talk about some this morning, remember it entails much more than these songs that we sing on a Sunday. It entails much more than you putting in your favorite worship uh, recording and listening to that in your car. It's the very outpouring of everything that you are in your existence. And the bottom line is this. Everybody's going to worship. The question is who? I will move it over here and say it one more time. Everybody will worship, guaranteed. It's a matter of who, atheists included. They ain't gonna play that on the news tonight, but I will tell you that again. Everybody will, it's a matter of who. So let's get our worship right. All right, so today we're gonna be dealing with the subject of obedience when disarming out doubt. Everybody say obedience. obedience. Throw your hand in there if you're a parent. Mm -hmm. Every parent in the room said, I loves me some obedience. <laughs> and you didn't know how much you loved it until you became a parent. And that little child didn't do what you said six times running. And you were like, oh, Lord Jesus, I loved <laughs> Just start stretching, tear this child up. <sighs> together. I know it's not like politically correct 2020, is it? But that's fine. We're going to say it anyway. Um, that obedience is so valuable. And, and, and we're gonna talk about what does it mean to really take on this idea of obedience when we're in a place where we might be doubting, where questions might abound, where uncertainty might be in front of us. What are we gonna do with that? So I wanna to go to Luke chapter five, verses one through 11. Luke five, one through 11. It says this, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and they were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. 
And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when he had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the cache of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. They left everything and followed him. The key thing that we're gonna focus on in that passage of scripture comes right there in verses four and five. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, master, we told all night long and took nothing. Here it is right here, but at your word, three words today. I will let down the nets. Everybody say, at your word. At your word, I will let down the nets. You see, the position Peter found himself in was the word of the Lord came to him, but circumstances, situations, and what he knew told him something a little bit different. Right? It's what doubt often does to us, right? We're like, well, logistically, this would make a little more sense. Or I don't quite understand how all those pieces come together, so uh, I don't know. It's a lot of time where doubt comes from, right? There's an uncertainty, there's a discomfort even with doubt, as we've been talking about these last couple of weeks. So we wanna know how how do we disarm that, how we take that out of the picture because it's a reality that we deal with, okay? Whoever you are, if you're breathing, you've dealt with it at some point, okay? And if you got a friend who jumps in and says, oh, there's never a doubt for me, You can't see this face on the recording if you're re-listening to. But there's a face. Because we all at some point have a question or an uncertainty. We don't know everything. He does. And if you haven't noticed, he doesn't always let on every single detail. Come on now. Am I telling the truth? Would you like to, hey, get out of your country and go to a land that I will show you. Uh, what, what land that you will show me? <laughs> that, we'll call the realtor? I mean, we'll list the house today. What's the next, is there a realtor at the next location so we can kind of figure out where we're gonna live? Because I mean, renting or buying, we're gonna have to figure out because the housing market, I, I, I don't know, depends on where we're going. You see these kids, right? I'd be asking that because I got six of them. <laughs> and if they stop doing anything, it definitely is not eating, okay? That's one thing they don't stop doing. I was like, did I not go to Publix? Like, at 12? It's six, bro, where's the food? People in Publix are going, hell, oh, you're here again. I was like, mm-hmm, second time today. I feel like you're back again, yup. <laughs> And look for me tomorrow, too. I just don't have enough space to hold the food in the house as quick as they're eating it anyway. 
But you know, questions abound. But that happens because we have the, man, we don't know. But here's the thing, in the, in the midst of all of it, there's a way for us to disarm doubt and then say, you know what, Lord, I don't get it, but I'm stepping out. And that's what we see here in this passage of scripture. So let's look at this. So when dealing with doubt, remember these things. First one, our obedience to the word of God is not dependent on us feeling good about it. Man, that sure is good. Who said that? That is good. That was the Holy Spirit. That's not me. I was reading over that last night thinking, wow, that's, a, that's good. Look for, and you know what? It's wonderful because tip, if you ever stand in front of people that preach and teach, unto the Lord, glory to him, and then you don't have to worry about it. Let that prideful, prideful stuff go to the, the wayside, okay? I, I receive when I'm speaking. That's one of the reasons I love preaching and teaching. I receive as well. Our obedience to the word of God is not dependent on us feeling good about it. That's written and spoken because both are coming to you, the written word and the spoken word, and they won't contradict. Tip, it won't contradict. When you see your friend who's confused about the word, they don't contradict. You said, Holy Spirit said what? That, that doesn't sound like the Holy Spirit that spoke into existence, all of this and this word that we receive. So there's sometimes we need to remind ourselves, but guess what? Whether we feel good about it or not, it's still the word of God, which we need to receive and walk in. So go back to Luke 4 and 5, 5, uh, 4 and 5. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put, on, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night long and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. Let's be real, okay? Come on, you're a businessman. You got a fishing industry or a fishing business going. And you've been working the whole time and everybody has also watched you not catch anything for this time frame. I mean, really, think about it. He's there. We've been fishing. We haven't caught anything, Lord. So we just went ahead and just took a 20. We're chilling. We took a 30. Uh, we, we went ahead and took the afternoon because we haven't caught anything. And Jesus says, hey, put out into the deep for a catch. You think some of Peter's boards are probably like, oh, you, oh you're going to go out again, Peter? We saw you. You didn't catch anything the last time you went. What's in your, what's in your boat? Oh, you and Jesus because you don't have any fish. <laughs> What are you going to do with that question? Right? That's me too. Like, Jesus, come on, man. I'm not trying to look like a punk here, man. Like, I'm just trying to do this thing, you know. Fished all night, nothing. But in that one line, we see him choose. But at your word. At your word. Pull up the anchor. Jesus said, go out. We didn't catch it. Pull up the anchor. Jesus said, Come on now. Honey, I don't, I don't know. I feel like this is the word of the Lord. We're supposed to move in this direction. But I don't get all of this. Did Jesus say, if the Lord spoke it, perk up your ears and listen. And say, Lord, at your word. At your word. Think about it. Creation at his word. Hello? Your very life at his word. The house that you belong to at his word. Pastor George being healed right now of multiple myeloma at his word. At your word. We're going to declare it and let down these nets. And we're going to go because you said so, Lord. So walking with God 
is not consumer-driven economics. It's not, let's get our website out, put, them all, put all the tabs down and figure out which one is the best choice. Come on, let's, let's, let's see if he stands up. You know, I watched a video, um, if, I'll, I'll recommend it, it's, it's very powerful. Um, the American Gospel, the second uh, installment they have of it called uh, Christ Crucified, phenomenally deep teaching and, 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 and just rich theology. It's about two and a half hours, but well worth your time. But what grieved my heart was there's two men in the video who were former believers. One of them full on is a secular humanist now. And then you hear them throughout this video make their argument and make their case, which is based on their human wisdom. And it grieved my heart. I paused, me and my wife were watching and I, had, I paused it and I said, baby, we gotta stop and pray for him right now. It's ripping my heart out where this man is. That I know he was raised in the house of God, raised in ministry. And now he sits as a secular human with a secular humanist organization at that. And hoping other believers will come over to his side and help him with his organization. I can't just be like, oh, I'm mad at you. I'm grieved for this man where he is. May mercy come to him. May he come out of his foolishness. Why, though? Because he's taken and he put his list out and he said, and his statement at one point was, that's just not the kind of God that I'll give my worship to. I said, come again, bro. One, one more time created the world in six days, made you, established all that we exist in, judge of all the universe, that's not a God I'll worship because he doesn't meet what you thought on your chart worked out. We can't do it, believers. We can't do it. When doubts come up, we got to say, no, I refuse that because I know that's not God. I might not understand all this, but this is God. There's some folks right now struggling with what the word has to say about their life about their sexuality, about the way they conduct themselves, the way they conduct their business, the way they handle their money. And they're not sure like, ah, I don't know. I think this would be smarter. So they're not over here where God is doing his thing. Listen, you might not get every detail, but you gotta come over here and say, Lord, whatever you're doing, I'm there. I'm there. One of the things I loved, Pastor Ron was preaching years ago and we were kind of doing this whole, I think it was a, uh, maybe the Tabernacles or something. He did this long series on Thursday nights. And uh, I was, I think I was a college kid back in the day. And, um, and, and, and he started preaching about this idea of the end times and when Jesus returns. And he's begun to speak about a couple of the different theologies or doctrines that people have regarding the end time and what happens. And he said, you know, here's this and I kind of come down here and this is another version. He said, but at the end of it all, <laughs> he comes, I go. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, slow clap, fast clap, everything on that one. I was like, that solves it. He comes, I go. That's one of the things about the word of God. If this is him, I don't have to get everything about it. He will work all things together for my good and help me understand. Heal me, deliver me, whatever needs to happen because I've said, yes, Lord. I believe, help my unbelief. I don't get it all, Lord, but I'm going with you. Jesus, you said cast out into the deep. I'm going to go. I know I'm over here looking like a fool because we didn't catch any fish yet. But at your word, I will go. At your word. Our obedience is a statement of our trust in him. 
Our obedience, leave that up there too. Our obedience is a statement of our trust in him. Here's the cool thing about it, right? And let me give you a tip. Sometimes, yes, we do our due diligence. God, and, and let, me, let, me, let me make sure we bring balance here. This doesn't mean God asks you to just be sloppy with your living and sloppy with your money, have no plan and all that. Okay, come on, let's be real. My vision, my direction is always this. God asks us to be faithful, make a plan, but God reserves the right to change the plan. If you ever are so locked up in the plan that God can't roll up in there and change it, then you better erase the whole plan. I'm just, I'm just telling you, because God reserves the right to step up in there and go, line three, gone, this one back, copy, paste, <laughs> whatever. He is Lord and needs to be in our lives. I'm going to quote my sister Sarah again. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. You don't get partway Jesus. You don't get a part of it. Man, Clint Gibbs, I don't know if Clint's in the room. Clint did a skit years ago, way, 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 way back, called Discount Jesus. Any, any, how many longtime rock people remember Discount Jesus? It was so true. It was hilarious, but it was so true because the truth they spoke through it was this. We love, we love Jesus, but not that much. It's like, we're going to follow him, but not all this much. And that's sometimes what we do with this thing of obedience. We're like, well, I'll get the parts I understand, Lord. But don't, don't try to touch that part of my life. I don't want you to bother my money. I, I don't want you to get into it with me on that. Don't ever leave parts of your life that God can't speak into, that God cannot radically impact. Because again, the record of his faithfulness is what we can trust. Okay, second one. Obedience by faith is one of the purest acts of worship. It's kind of dovetails with what Pastor Ron was talking about last week. Obedience by faith is one of the purest acts of worship. Sometimes we get caught up, like I was saying, in this thing of singing, um, singing songs as worship. It is one aspect of our worship. I'll tell you something. Um, my family knows this about me. I don't sing a lot at home. I was saying a lot. Some people, oh, the worship pastor, he just, oh, probably all the time. Gina, I remember with the told somebody, Jamie just plays the guitar and sings all the time. And I'm just like, not that much. <laughs> not that much. I'll pull it out once in a while, sing her a little love song. You know, when I'm trying to throw a game, you know, you got to try to keep the game going, man. You have to do what you got to do. Um, I'm constantly in pursuit. Um, hey, hey, look at that. Church is ending soon. We're out of here. Um, <laughs> uh, you guys are out early. You're free. Um, but one of the, the reason for that is years ago, I realized I am, I'm very comfortable with a microphone and a guitar. It's just, I've been doing it since I was a little bit. And so singing and playing is just easy for me to, to, to jump into. You sing, I, I, I'm used to learning songs. You know, I learn songs all the time. I can learn a, a song for a wedding or something to cover. The Lord just gave me that ability. and I can learn it, you know, in a day or so and be good. So there's a comfort level. So what I do at home sometimes is I stop singing and I declare. So one of the things, that, the way I worship in my home the most is de declaration. My kids know, they'll be on the couch and we're praying. And then I stand up and I'm, I'm pacing and making, <laughs> making faith declarations, quoting the word of God. Because that to me is a way I push myself further in worship. Because singing is super easy for me. It's normal. It's like breathing. Give me a guitar, we'll sing a song. Even when I don't see it, I sing in my sleep, yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? 
It's just, it's like normal living, you know? So because of that, for me to push further and open up another dimension in how I'm going to express and worship, I stand and make declarations of faith. I stand and quote the word of God. I quiet myself sometimes. That's another one for me and how I express a pure worship to the Lord because I spent a bunch of my life talking and singing. So sometimes the great worship for me is zip, zipping and just let the Holy Spirit bring what the word says. Times are refreshing and just hearing him and seeing what he's doing. So one of the purest acts of worship we can have is when we obey. Luke 5.8, remember. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. There was a response because he had realized, wow, I obeyed God and then I saw this happen in my life. And immediately there was, oh my God, I'm unworthy to be in your presence. You are, all of that's what he's saying with that statement. Depart from me, I'm, I'm not even worthy to stand before you. Here you are in my boat, my boat, which didn't have any fish in it until you gave a word. And then I followed that word and now my boat's full of fish. And, and on top of that, you're about to call me to leave this whole boat full of fish. Which I think is pretty cool how Jesus did it. It was like, had he called him before, he'd have been like, yeah, Jesus, let's go. We ain't catching nothing anyway. <laughs> let's go. Where is it? Where's my name tag? Let's go. We're on the beach. All right, guys, you can have the boat. <laughs> but he leaves when the boat is slammed full. The boat was slammed full of fish and he calls him then. Will you hear me now? Will you trust me now? You, you, you probably could when you were broke, but now what about when you broke off? <laughs> Meaning having lots of money if you're not on the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Let me just translate if we need to translate a little bit. Okay, okay. But think about that. He calls him the boat slammed full of fish and that's when he calls him. Will you hear? Will you receive? Will you walk in what he says? Why? Because see, twice, you think about this? Twice it didn't totally make sense, right? When I had no fish and then I got a bunch of fish, he, call, he called me to go out to get these fish when I hadn't caught any. So that word didn't make any sense to me. But now my boat's full of fish and he wants me to follow him. That don't make any sense either. Think about it. Peter had to be challenged two times on will I follow the Lord? Because see, I didn't have anything and that would have been easy to be like, yeah, I'll follow you, Jesus. What, well, it doesn't even matter if it pays because I wouldn't get anything anyway because we've got no fish. <laughs> but now my boat's full of fish, so we can, man, let's, guys, get signs, T-shirts, boom, the whole nine. We'll be up there on TV. We're going to get a, a YouTube uh, channel and everything. We're our, our, our fishing company, right? And he calls them to follow that. Will we trust even though we have a doubt? or a question mark in our life. Because worship is most clearly exemplified by the outpouring of our existence. We all worship, like I said earlier, it's a matter of who. And so as we do that, here's the deal, listen to this. When we obey, in spite of our doubts, we acknowledge the greatness of God over all creation and his goodness in our personal lives. When we obey in spite of our doubts, we acknowledge that. I've been talking about that when you hear me give a word of encouragement because I want you to see that. The greatness of God is always there. You, you could mess up, you could do well. The greatness of God is there above all creation. Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, creator. The eternal judge of all the earth, right? He is that. But he also comes right there to Andrew. And when Andrew needs a word, Holy Spirit speaking it. 
When Brian is uncertain, the Holy Spirit comes right there. His goodness, he's good right there like a daddy who's good. So don't ever get caught up in the fact that he's way out here and he's all this, but he doesn't come to me right where I am. But also don't flip it. Don't forget, when that word does come, it's just me and my boy Jesus. Time out. (laughs) Time out. He is still Lord of all. But that's part of the glory of who he is. He's the Lord of all who will judge this whole thing, but he still comes to you right where you are and speaks a word in due season. And not only does he speak that word, but then he helps you to walk that word out. So even though you enter into that word and you're uncertain, he's like, just come with me. I'll help you along the way. I'll give you what you need. Go to a land that I'll show you. And I will show you. And then when you get there, I'll provide everything that you have need of. Because that's who I am. You know what I'm saying? That is who you are. That is who you are. By faith. Even when we sing a song like that, say, oh, that's the word of the Lord, and declare it. It's not just, well, I like that song. No, it's not about that. Declare it by faith because we stand in obedience to him. Why? Because he's trustworthy. Last point. Our obedience brings glory to the Lord and sets in motion his best plans for our lives. Our obedience brings glory to the Lord and sets in motion his best plans for our lives. Luke 5, 9 through 11 says, for he And all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. Here it is. From now on, you'll be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Man, I at least want to stay around and have a fish fry. I'm not going to lie to you. We got a, I love fish fry. If you're having one, text me, hit me up. Because uh, my wife, not so much, but I'll go by myself. I will tear it up. I'll eat fish for days, months, and years. I would at least want to hang around for that. But he says they left all and followed him. Why? They had already seen at your word. And you see the beauty of what we get? Proverbs 3 tells us this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So what it says is that you can trust him and acknowledge him in everything you're doing because what happens is this, there's a building and a building and a building. Oh, I remember, I remember. And if you forget, that's why I was telling you earlier, recollect when you get forgetful, remind yourself of the faithfulness of our God because he is able to do what you need done. He is able to keep you. And even when you don't understand or it's difficult or it's challenging, he can keep you in the midst of that. So remind yourself, when you get forgetful, that's why. Back to my man, Pastor Hector, in the beginning. And that word on rest, we recognize and it helps us remember. We recognize who, who are we talking about? This word sounds crazy, but wait a minute. Who is it that's telling me this? Jesus, okay. Yeah, I got some record of his faithfulness behind me. Ask some of your friends, if your book is short, get some more in your book by trusting him in what you're doing. And truth be told, there's more in your book of faithfulness than you even realize. Because sometimes we haven't acknowledged what he's done. I looked back at my high school days the other day and saw something and I was like, oh my God, Lord, you 
so right there for me. Even when I was back and forth, not quite sure where I was in my faith. Lord, you were faithful. And so go back, man, let that book of his faithfulness get thicker and thicker and thicker in your life as you remember the goodness of God every single time. No, it wasn't chance. No, it wasn't just because you were good at something. No, it just wasn't because you were in the right environment or because somebody was in office here or you were in this business or that business. It was the goodness of God, all of it. It was the goodness of God. And if you don't believe it yet, clap with us and you'll believe it in a minute. (laughs) Get it. The goodness of God was why. So remind yourself. Old song by Fred Hammond way back in the day. Well, maybe not that far back. Sarah was like, oh, oh, here you go. I love this choir. And the one part of the song was about reminding yourself the promises of God. And they were like, sometimes I have to remind myself what I've been called to do is first to be with you. And sometimes I have to remind myself that you call me, call me, and I'm at your disposal, Lord. Ooh, Jesus. I'm going to put that on in the car today on the way home. Sometimes I got to remind myself because I get forgetful I'm a human being. Remind yourself and allow God's goodness to be evident to you more and more and more. Don't let your kids get into not doing that either. You bought the present, yeah, for the birthday and for Christmas, but remind your kids, hey guys, thank the Lord. Even as they thank you, teach them to thank the Lord. Man, how many of God gave me a faithful mommy and a daddy who, could, who bought me a gift and who loved me enough to not let me binge out on the gift, but to keep it in balance. I hope if you're, not, if you're doing that, then, then, then fix it, okay? I'm just, I'm just saying, don't let your kids think it's all about the gift. Remember them to honor the gift giver. Yeah, you, but you're a small slice of it. And t- teach them to say, Dad, thank you, Lord, that I got blessed. Thank you, Lord, that I was able to receive. It's that we establish that pattern in our lives and we remember. And what happens is your trust meter starts to go up. Your trust meter starts to go up. Some people today need their trust meter to go up because we're over here uncertain. I'm telling you, you're uncertain because here's the deal. If we are like right where we are in our current situation, we're a couple weeks away from election. Some people think the world's going to end or the world's going to begin or something's going to happen. Well, whoever's elected. (laughs) Listen, at the end of it all, God rules and reigns. However we wrap this thing up, House, Senate, Presidency, Courts, whatever, he rules over it all. Now we're called to be responsible. God doesn't call me to have my house a hot mess. Not care for and cover my wife and my children, teach him, train him, be faithful in ministry, be faithful in the job he's given me, be faithful with the funds he places in my hand. But in all of it, he's over it all. He's the good gift giver over all of it. So we got to get our trust meter to go up because we've said, God, regardless of doubt, I am going to trust you and believe you and declare greater are you who's in me than he who's in the world. Come on, say it. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. So I don't look to the things of the world. I look to my God who is the one who's trustworthy and faithful. So then the next time I come around and I'm not quite certain about a decision, I can look at it and say, oh, oh yeah, God was faithful last time, so I'm gonna trust him again. 
God was faithful when I didn't quite get the full picture, so I'm going to go with him. You know what? Hmm, I could go my way, but I'm going to go Jesus' way every single time. My way might make a little more sense in the natural, but I'm going to say no, he knows more. By a whole lot (laughs) that I know. So that's who I'm going with. Look at this. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I love that. It comes from the Westminster Shorter Catechism. I have a version of that 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 I use for some questions I do with my kids. Um, And man, what a day we live in. You can literally go get any of these things online for zero dollars. PDF, download. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. There's some wonderful things in our day. There's some mess, but man, praise God for what he's provided. Again, that's God's goodness in another way. So as you look at this statement, built into obedience to God is this reality. Listen close. God is glorified as his will is accomplished. And as a result, we can walk in joy and peace, knowing we are at rest in God's plan for our lives. Isn't that good? That was perfect timing, Krista. Give it up for my girl, Krista. Love her. Only problem I have is I don't have a 25-year-old son for her to marry. Did I just say that out loud? I did, didn't I? Oh, gosh, sorry. Sorry. It's been our running joke for a few years now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Love family. I love family. <laughs> All right, so when we choose to obey at his word, we disarm doubt. When we choose to obey at his word, we disarm doubt. And talking about disarming doubt, this is one of the things, man, we rest in him, we trust, we recognize everything that he's done for us, man, we, we're encouraged, we, we continue to speak and trust him, we worship, we walk with the worshipers, okay, we continue in that, we walk with the worshipers, but then we say, you know what, God, at your word, I obey, at your word, I obey, and doubt is disarmed, it's disarmed, you know what, the picture I get? My son uh, was in karate for um, seven years, about seven years. So Kylas is, a, you guys probably notice he's a, he's a little weightlifter guy now. So he has the guns going on. Um, I, I got like water pistols now. He has the guns. Um, and, um, and so um, one of the things he learned, him and Isaac actually were one of his best friends. We're, we're together in karate for years. And, one of the things they would do is teach them, you know, how to utilize their skill to actually in a practical way defend themselves, how to disarm somebody, those kind of things, which, which was really cool. And that's what, in those moments, I see that, man. How much more as we come to the Lord and say, man, at your word, I'll walk in obedience. The enemy's disarmed. Like that skillful man who is able to disarm an attacker. And even more than that, the enemy is destroyed. Taken out because we are in him and we get to trust him. And as we say, Lord, at your word, that doubt is disarmed. So one more thing I wanted to share with you. I was reading a sermon last night from Charles Spurgeon back in the day, way back in the day. And the sermon was about this very thing, at your word. 
And I just began to read, and I'm stu- every five minutes I'm turning my wife, I'm like, listen to this. And I'm like, reading, I'm like, I joked with her at one point. I was like, I'm just going to email out uh, Charles Spurgeon's sermon and be like, hey, guys, check your phone. Have a good day. <laughs> but obviously, Holy Spirit has some stuff to say. But there is this one quote in that sermon so powerful that I thought, man, the church needs to hear this. So listen to this carefully. The power of the church and the power of the individual to please God shall never be fully known until we get back to the simple yet sublime rule of this text at your word. At your word. I don't understand, Lord, but at your word. I don't get it, but at your word. There's some of y'all I'm even looking at, your stories are popping up in my head. Some of you who've made recent decisions in the last year, and I remember and know either counseling or praying for you or just hearing the fruit of it, and you had to say at your word because in the natural either it didn't make sense or other people around you thought it didn't make sense. But nevertheless, at your word. At your word. You don't have to get it all. You can trust the one who's worthy the one who's faithful. So I'm encouraging you today, if you're in that place, you're either in one of two places, you're either come out of something because you've seen God do a thing, or you're going into another one, where you're having to say, oh God, I don't understand or I don't know. But nevertheless, at your word, Lord, I'm going with you. I'm going with you. I don't know if you guys saw a minute ago when I was up here worshiping, my baby girl, Abigail, comes walking up, and man, she is such a little lover. If you don't know her, get to know her. She, man, she will just brighten your day anytime. <laughs> she just loves and hugs and kisses and everything. And so she comes up right beside me while I'm standing there worshiping. And she didn't tap me or anything. She just does this with her hand. Like, here you go, Daddy. I want to hold your hand while we worship. And I was like, this is, this is so good. I love you, girl. But you know what so much of that is for her? Total trust in her mom and I. Now, we'll fail at some point. We're just waiting for it. (laughs) We're human. But what we're doing now is pointing her to the fact that, you know what, baby? Even as you trust mommy and daddy, we're still pointing. We're saying Jesus. We're saying the word of God. We're saying word of God. I have a little video of her singing this very song, the Waymaker song, with her little... (laughs) She's like, miracle woke up, promise wide in the darkness. <laughs> it's so good. But you know what? As cute as that is, I want her to have that in her spirit now. Now, not everything is in mom and dad. I want my child to come up in faith in such a way that when mom and dad fail, because they will at some point, my child says, they know how to forgive. My child says, they know, oh no, mommy and daddy taught me. We go way beyond mommy and daddy to God because God is the one who's perfect, because God is the one who's faithful. God is the one who's trustworthy. The Lord is the one who is my shield, the one who will help me, the one who will carry me. Where does my help come from? Do I look to the hills? Do I look to this army? My help comes from the Lord. Let it be our declaration continually and let's disarm doubt. Because we say, no, I'm not going to submit to doubt. I'm going to submit to the Lord and follow him. For his purposes are good. And he is going to be faithful always. Come on, stand with me today. Lord, we are so grateful to be in this house today. We are so grateful for your goodness. 
and the power of who you are. We're so grateful for the fact that we can trust and say, at your word, we know we can follow you, God, and know that every doubt is disarmed. And just like that father who came, Lord, crying out to Jesus saying, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. It was as if he was saying, here's the caveat, God, I believe you, but there's these things I'm struggling with. There's all the stuff I've seen. There's all the questions I have. There's the uncertainties I have, but nevertheless, at your word, at your word. And so I speak over this house today, a blessing to receive this word of life and trust not in man, but in you, not in man, but in you. Now keep your heads bowed, eyes closed. We're going to give them an opportunity. If there's anyone in here or online watching who has not yet committed their life to Jesus by saying, Lord, I receive your salvation work for me, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. We're all going to pray together, and I'm going to believe for whoever needs to receive that today will receive it. Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your work on the cross. That while I was still a sinner, you died for me. Jesus, I believe you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. And I know that you're the only way to the Father, to salvation, and eternal life. So I receive your free gift of salvation and I choose to say I'm following you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give it up. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.